Hello, hello! Welcome back to Loki's Librarian. If you are new here, welcome. I am your librarian, Katrina, and this is where I am reading through the enormous library books that you see behind me. And then I give you a quick synopsis and tell you what I think about them. So if you like books, just aren't sure what to read next, hit that subscribe button, like and share my videos, and let me know what you think in the comments. This week's book of the week is one I have had on my shelf for a while. I even started reading it once before, but got distracted by life, so never finished it. Then when I was on my happiness crusade back in August, I remembered I had it, making this week's book of the week, Meditation for Dummies by Stefan Bodian. The accompanying cocktail is Nirvana. It is 21 milliliters of Campari, 21 milliliters of Aperol, 21 milliliters of gin, and 60 milliliters of pink grapefruit juice, garnished with grapefruit peel. Um, the pro tip on the recipe says don't skip the garnish. I am totally skipping the garnish uh, while progress is being made on the kitchen. I still don't have everything I need to include fancy things like garnish, so I'm not doing the garnish today. But let's do this. 21 milliliters is about three quarters of an ounce. I'm gonna do the three quarters of an ounce. You know why? Because I go from 20 to 25 milliliters on my, on my measuring cup. So I'm just gonna do the three quarters of an ounce. If you're not familiar with the Four Dummies series of books, the publishing company that produces them takes a single topic hands it to an expert and says, break it down for morons, or, you know, dummies, hence the name. Um, no insult is intended, and I quite like this series of books because it is a quick overview of a topic that provides some really good insight into things you might not otherwise know about, so I have no complaints about it. Um, one would think that you could not make a 300-odd page book out of a topic like meditation, but damn me if he didn't manage to pull it off. Uh, there actually is quite a lot to learn about meditation, which you seriously might not think about if you think it's just, you know, sit still and calm your mind. That's actually a lot harder than you might think. As one might expense, expect, he does go quite a bit into the history of meditation, its interaction with various religions, and I mean, everyone knows the Buddha meditated. It's kind of where it came from, right? But of course, it, it has ties to Christianity, Christianity, Judaism, ties to the Middle East and the Sufism. Um, I think in Mind Hacking, for ha uh, Mind Hacking Happiness, Sean Webb found ties to Islam and, Islam and meditation. Uh, those don't exist in this book. This book was written in 2012 initially, so it's just like more information came out in the you know, decades since. Three quarter ounce. But whereas Webb mentioned the importance of meditation in achieving happiness, and that is included in this book, right? I mean, including like the scientific like brain scans, MRI studies of people who meditate regularly and how their like happiness levels in the brain are off the charts on MRI scans. So that's like awesome. I could go for that. Meditation's healthier than liquid happiness. That is not blasphemy. I know I'm mixing a cocktail, but there is actually nothing counterintuitive there. Some people are happy drunks, myself included. <clears throat> Bodium provides different types of meditation to help you achieve that path. And this was really important because not everyone is the same, obviously, right? Some people have no problem with sitting down, counting their breath, and they're on their sweet path to nirvana. But not everybody's capable of doing that. Some people need to be a little more active, so he includes uh, uh, how to do like a walking meditation. So if you are not somebody who can just sit still, and some people genuinely can't, all right? I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, I think it's important. It's an important skill to be able to have to sit still, but if that is, not you if that's not something you can do he does include other ways that you can other ways you can meditate um sometimes just counting your breath will drive you nuts but you could 100 percent um do a mantra instead and if you're going to do a mantra like keep it really simple all right meditation is about concentration it's focused concentration and believe it or not 
America is actually more used to this concept than we might realize because you hear it all the time, right? Visualize yourself doing whatever X, whatever X is to you. Um, see the house that you want to buy in your mind. Focus on it. Visualize it, right? That, that visualization. Really see your house. That, believe it or not, is a form of meditation. It's concentrating on something that you want to achieve. So there is that. That's a form of meditation, but it's not actually as focused as allowing your mind to think nothing. It's the concentration on something less materialistic like your breath or a mantra that really opens your mind up to the possibilities and the benefits of meditation. And some of the benefits are truly outstanding. So resting heart rate decreases, blood pressure decreases, you experience more alpha brain waves which improve communication and coordination. Uh, advanced meditators can experience theta brain waves, which reportedly leaves the meditator feeling spacious. Um, according to Wikipedia, theta brain waves underlie various aspects of cognition and behavior, including learning, memory, and spatial navigation. Uh, habitual meditators experience reduction in cortisol and cholesterol and improved metabolism, which in this case is not to say that meditation is the new diet. Don't just think you can meditate your way to weight loss, although I'm sure there's, on some level, that's a benefit of it. But it's more like your body starts to effectively use the oxygen you're taking in. So that's awesome, right? Because if you're effectively using oxygen, then you're breathing better. We could all breathe a little better these days, trust me. That, that, yeah, your, your body becomes more efficient at consuming oxygen. Habitual meditators live longer than non-meditators and also experience less fear at the end of life. So if you're uh, in a situation where, where you're dealing with a life-threatening illness, which is not to say that you are going to die, but if you have that possibility, maybe try meditating. If, if nothing else, it'll calm you down. There's nothing wrong with being calm and, and admitting your own mortality. Hell, as far as I know, I'm not actively dying. Well, okay, we're all actively dying because nobody gets out alive, but I don't have anything that's going to cause me to die like tomorrow. I still have to acknowledge that mortality is a thing, and if meditation helps you get there more peacefully, more power to it, and to you for meditating. Uh, meditators experience less medical emergencies, which require hospitalization, but to be fair, this could be about any of the above benefits, the reduced cholesterol, reduced cortisol, meaning you're less likely to have a heart attack or a stroke. Uh, if you have better spatial awareness, you're less likely to trip over your own feet, resulting in a broken nose, which has happened to me four years ago. Yeah, Thanksgiving 2019, tripped over my own feet, broke my nose. It was spectacular. Never had a broken bone before until I broke my nose on Thanksgiving Day. But if I had been meditating, I might not have done that, and I might not have had to go to the hospital. So just saying, it's possible. Habitual meditators experience an increase in gray matter. I mean, it can actually make your brain bigger. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll be smarter. You might, but as a natural consequence, you might become smarter because it opens you up to more experiences. So it's not going to necessarily raise your IQ, but if it opens you up to more experiences, that too is a form of intelligence. Everybody talks about IQ and how important that is. There's book smart and there's street smart. And you can, street smart is, believe it or not, better than book smart. I have to shake this up. Now, something I am actually very excited about is I have been able to start unpacking my boxes. So I have a glass. I have an actual glass, an actual whiskey tumbler. It's very fancy. Usually I just drink water out of it when I'm taking my heartburn medication, but today I'm drinking a cocktail out of it. Uh, and of course the only way to get good at anything is to just do it, right? So I found his most basic instructions, which are to sit comfortably, sit up straight, and concentrate on your breathing. I mean, really pull in your concentration, count your breaths. 
count one on your inhalation, two on your exhalation. Basically, odd numbers on in, even numbers on out, and start by counting 10 breaths in this fashion. Alternatively, if you genuinely think that that sounds horrifying, pick a mantra, but it should be something short and sweet, like God is love. So one word on inhalation, one word on exhalation. Let's try this. I'm not sure what to make of that. It's drinkable, but it's slightly sour. It's like a sour, it got slightly sour. Like you can taste the, the sweet right when it hits because, you know, the taste buds for sugar are on the tip of your tongue. So you can taste that right when it hits. But then as it floods over the back of your throat, it gets a little more bitter and sour. Bitter is predominant. The bitter is what I'm really getting right now. I'm not sure. It's drinkable. I'll finish it, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know that I would make this one again. It's probably not my idea of Nirvana, but it's okay. Or maybe if I had the grapefruit peel, it would be better. He has recommendations on whether to sit with your eyes open, closed, or half-masked, you know, half-closed. Generally, this is a personal preference, but for beginners, he recommends half-masked. I found these first couple of days that I closed my eyes entirely, but that's largely because my office is not quite set up for meditation yet. I'm, I'm working on it. I've had to buy a new meditation pillow. One of the ones I had before, my cats have turned into a bed, including a lovely pile of cat vomit. So that one is now designated cat bed. And uh, the other one, my dogs chewed on, which spilled buckram filling everywhere when I picked it up. So I had to buy another one. While I wait for the new pillow to arrive, I've just been sitting in my office chair, this one right here, with a bolster under my butt so that my knees are lower than my hips. That helps with spinal alignment. He does include a whole chapter on how to sit, what to wear, when to meditate, how to handle distractions, and how long to meditate. The how to sit was very useful because while I have no problem sitting on a meditation pillow on the floor, if your mobility is compromised, it's good to know that the, the floor is not the only option, right? The importance here is if you're sitting in a chair, don't clasp back in the chair. Don't, don't do this bit while you're trying to meditate. So you see how I sat back and instantly like my spine collapsed? You, you don't want that. You want to be upright. You want to be able to, to really straighten your spine as much as you can. I know I'm crooked. I can only straighten my spine about 70% because I have scoliosis with a 30 degree bend in my spine. So I am crooked by default. Sit on the edge with your spine as straight as you can and put a pillow under your butt just slightly so that your knees are lower than your hips. That all helps with spinal alignment. He includes instructions on sitting, standing, laying down, and walking meditations. The walking meditation is, like I said, if you're somebody who, who finds sitting very, very tedious and difficult, it's kind of a bridge between your meditation practice and your everyday life. So you can bring meditation out of your practice space and into your daily day, which is useful in becoming less reactive when unexpected incidents occur. He does include the, like if you hit a brick wall with it where you feel like you're not getting anything more, that there are teachers out there that you can reach out to. I'm sure you'd have to do a Google search for your own area. I mean, in the decades since this book was written, I'm sure the information has changed drastically as to who and where is available. And the importance of kind of trusting your own gut when you find a teacher, you know, when you're looking for a teacher, don't just go to the first thing you find. If something seems off, listen to your instinct on that. With Zoom, there's a whole lot of gurus out there that you can reach out to, including himself, right? He includes his own contact information on there, which I didn't look to see if that's still good, but the, the dummies website's still active, so there is that. The best time to meditate is really when you have time for it. Some, for some people, that's right when they wake up in the morning. That is not me. I am barely able to stumble to the kitchen and pour that cup of morning ambition. 
So meditating first thing in the morning is just not for me. Before bed is working so far. Um, I'm actually meditating about eight o'clock at night, which believe it or not is before bed for me. I'm usually in bed by 8.30 because I am old. The first day I did five minutes and I found that that was easy, so I upped it to six. You would be surprised at what a difference a minute makes. I'm, I'm kind of actually going to stick at six minutes just for now until it's no longer a challenge and then I'll move it up to seven. Yeah, you'd be surprised at how much that one little minute can really make on on your ability to sit for just a minute, right? Five was like easy. I'm like, oh my God, that's so easy. And then six, and I was like, hmm, that six minute really kind of drags on for me. <laughs> um, I just set a timer on my phone, close my eyes and focus on breathing for the six minutes. And I, and I feel my brain growing. And I, and I don't feel it growing. It's not like I can actually feel the pressure at the side of my skull or anything silly like that. But there were like immediate benefits because when I got to that part in the book, I sat, you know, I sat down, I sat in the chair the way that I was directed to and I tried just the breathing for five minutes and then I was able to complete my next section of reading without break. I mean, I was not distracted. I didn't feel the need to look at my phone or to check Facebook or to see what the animals were up to. I was able to just focus and read for the next section, which is really, really good because it's, it's easy to get distracted when you're reading for long sections of time. No matter how interesting the book is, because we are such a society with such small attention spans. I mean, remember from Sean Webb's book, he said that the you know average human attention span is about eight seconds, which is less than a goldfish's. Yeah. I am not immune to that, despite the number of books I've read. And it was nice to be able to really focus in and not get distracted for my next 30-minute reading session. Um... Throughout the book, he includes different meditations you can use, most of which are included in the Audible files at the dummies.com website. I will include a link in the description. And a cheat sheet for how to prepare for meditation is also at the dummies website. I'll include that link as well. He does recommend that you pick one meditation to start with, and the basic breathing one is where I started. But I'm going to keep the individual meditations flagged when I remove the tabbies in my book for easy reference so that when I'm ready to expand my horizon or if I hit a roadblock that I feel I need help with, I I can find the more specific meditation and locate which file it's going to be online. And and I know where I can go for that. Um, And and when I have checked out the links for the the, the dummies.com links, they are all still good. So I'll definitely include those links in my description. While a lot of the information in the book was repetitive, that is by design. Like if you've ever read a Four Dummies book before, you know that they can be read cover to cover, which is what I did, or you can read individual sections out of order and the information contained therein still makes sense. All right, so you don't necessarily need context to understand what's in the section you're reading. So I was okay with it. It just, when I hit repeat patch, I would skim it to make sure there wasn't anything new and then move on. Uh, overall, I quite like this book. It, it had good background information. It went into more detail on the health benefits, and I took the opportunity of reading it to add meditation to my own life, which I've been meaning to do since August. So it was worth the read to me. And uh, that's it for this week. If you liked what you saw, don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you guys next week.